Welcome to Talk is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Come along with us as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. We have partnered with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab to help get you in shape and mentally stronger. Whether you're a veteran hunter or just starting out, the Mountain Tough app will take you to the next level. We personally train using the Mountain Tough programs and we believe in it so much that we want to give you six weeks for free using code SHEEPBC. That's S-H-E-E-P-B-C. Check out Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. You won't be disappointed. Uh, good times, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we've got to get the giggles out here, Mr. Stelter. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> yeah, good. I'm sitting here with my two like raging chihuahuas on my lap, and uh, we're in the midst of our move, so... Uh, uh, boxes everywhere. It's a train wreck at the Stelter House tonight, but uh, life is good, man. And I'm gonna have a little chat with my wife. I'm like, who the f moves in the middle of hunting season? But uh, anyway, say la vie. So, yeah, it's terrible timing. I thought it was bad enough moving just before hunting season, and then trying to find all my shit when we were unpacking. I was like, ah, oh, don't know where anything is anymore. But yeah. uh, no, it's it's going. We got. Uh, you know, something fun and exciting happening this weekend where we're going to be uh, all the directors heading down to Richmond for the uh, some in-person meetings and, you know, some good FaceTime. The last time we did this, it we seemed to hash out a lot and it was, it's good actually sitting around a table and all of us uh, board members getting things done and making things happen for conservation here in BC. Yeah, some pretty big stuff to talk about and... Uh, yeah, it's going to be good to have everyone together. And then on top of it, we have the Beyond Bonds event this weekend. And uh, so that's super cool. We're going to debut that film, uh, Beyond Bonds, which is a women shaping conservation film. Uh, one thing we've been talking about, Greg, is a lot of people are like, oh, it's for the ladies. It's like, no, it's uh, it's like ladies' night. It's like, you know, it's probably a good time to go out if you're a dude, right? Um, but uh, no, it's obviously not a pickup thing. But it's, uh, it's open to everybody. It's a cool opportunity and it's open to kids. Um, it's obviously, uh, it's, uh, I don't know how, how they rate those things, but it's certainly PG or better. Um, it's certainly that you could bring your kids to watch it. It'd be a great, a great event and uh, a lot of cool things going on. So this, this is a great film. Uh, it's in collaboration with Women Shaping Conservation and the Wit Women Hunt. And then we're going to do a Talk of Sheep, Sheep Fever podcast with, uh, Rebecca and Renee. And, uh, yeah, so the key takeaway there is that everyone's welcome. So, hey, couples, families, Bring everybody down. It's not women only. Um, we did one was at Crossberry Farms in April of last year, and that was a great event too. Greg, you were there, and um, we had a really cool turnout. Very diverse group of people. Lots of dudes, like you know, couples, and um, one fellow brought his daughter. She was just getting into hunting. That was a fun night, man. That was a cool event. Yeah, no, it, it's it's uh it's it's more of a, a personal kind of event too. Like you're. It's not, it's going to be a packed house. There's a lot of people, but you know, it's, it's, it feels like it's one-on-one. Everyone's just kind of, you're chumming around, shooting the shit with everyone. And then you sit down, you watch your film, you have some snacks. Like it's, it's going to be good. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually excited for this film too. It's a, it's a good thing they got going on over there with the women shaping conservation and women hunt. So they're, uh, yeah, I think they're. The women hunt, they're actually just coming out of Texas right now, blasting their stuff on social media. It's cool to watch 
and seeing all these first time hunters just getting the job done. Yeah. Lots of really cool energy around that whole program too. And, and that's kind of where this came from, as you know, right? So Rebecca was on the uh, inaugural class for the Women Hunt New Hunter course, went down to uh, FTW Ranch in Texas and uh, went through the program and changed her life. You know, she just talks about it and it really empowered her. And, and she was, you know, now as chair of Women Shaping Conservation is really involved. And yeah, it's just cool to see this evolution and then to have the film now to tell the story and and hopefully to encourage, you know, that's the one thing we've always talked about our fundraisers. Like there's a lot of dudes sitting around talking about sheep hunting and it'd be good to have more of a diverse involvement, right? Have some of the ladies come out and have them involved and we're seeing more and more and it's slowly evolving. And, uh, but, uh, you know, again, to the point of women shaping conservation and beyond bonds film night, um, come on down. You don't have to be uh, a, a woman to enjoy it. And certainly like lots of couples and, you know, it was really cool seeing some of the, the dads bringing their daughters at that last event. So, yeah, it'll be cool if that happened. And uh, it's get some tickets ahead of time. Go to our website um, and just click on the homepage and get a ticket there for the event. And uh, you'll be all set up. And uh, come and say hi to Greg and I. We'll, uh, we'll have some laughs. And Greg's buying beer for everyone, as he always does. So, <laughs> no, I, thought, I was certain it was a uh, Kyle Stelter uh, whiskey-provided event. <laughs> uh, no, we're not we're not anyway. gonna let that one go you've you you owe a few when we get down there so <laughs> yeah uh, it's gonna be a good time for sure so yeah be just a great time to meet the board too most of our board will be there i think there'll be a few can't make it because of uh conflicts with their schedules but um you know there's gonna be a really good group i think uh our our president uh cory green's gonna be there obviously our secretary is gonna be there so um that's that's all that matters. Greg's in the house. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. So yeah, I'm bringing the party. So, uh, you know, we're going to take a, that's the end of November. We're going to take a little bit of a break in December from, uh, you know, maybe a little break in January and then full force in February for us. We've got beginning of February, we'll be in Dawson Creek for the, uh, the Northern Fundraiser, and then the end of February, we'll be in Penticton for the Salute to Conservation and Mountain Hunting Expo. Some big things happening for Wild Sheep Society of BC, I tell you. Yeah, so tons of events going on. This is, you know, this is our our event time of year. We're rolling into it, and everyone is flat out. All our directors, uh, you know, everyone that sort of works for the society, um, we're all just you know, heads down and butt up, just giving her getting ready for the events. So tickets are on sale for both of those now. Uh, as you know, the Northern sells out pretty darn quick. We're probably about 70% sold out, uh, if not a bit more. Um, by the time we launch this, I'm not sure if there'll be tickets, but if you're thinking about coming, don't mess around. And then, of course, uh, the Penticton event, which is the Salutes Conservation Mountain Hunting Expo, Expo. Tickets are available for that, but, uh, you know, we're going to push it hard and we're hoping for a sell out there too. So, you know, we've sold out the last three years for our fundraiser in uh, Kamloops. And uh, although we've grown a bit in Penticton, we're still limited on the number of people we can accommodate. So if you want to come, don't screw around because last year, last we sold out pretty early last year. So um, you're still okay right now, but I wouldn't wait too much longer. Yeah, we don't enjoy those uh, phone calls, emails, texts, face-to-face conversations with people. How am I getting in? It's like, oh, you you didn't jump on your tickets right away. I can't help you. Yeah, but I, I you know, I got to be there. It's like, well, 
we would love to have you, but we can't. Like it's it's not an us thing; it's a venue thing, and you know there could be yeah. if they show up and start counting, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's only so many seats in the place. So, yeah, well said, Greg. And and we always are trying. You know, we even with Kamloops last year, we just stopped promoting it. We kept because there was about uh, people had an opportunity to get tickets. We the magazine was out. You know, the emails were out. Uh, so the people that didn't uh, didn't get tickets because they didn't jump on it. So um, don't make that mistake this year. Get your tickets. We'd love to see you. We got a great event plan. This year is uh, is going to be uh, uh, Penticton's. We've got a lot of really cool things going on. We're really excited to share the venue with uh, with all our members and supporters. And and uh, yeah, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm. Sure, everybody else is that signed up and knows what we do. And if you've been to Kamloops, Penticton's going to be the new place. That's the hot spot. That's our mecca. Let's go. But uh, with that all being said, and my little hype train there, let's roll into this episode with the one and only Grant Isles. This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Gunworks. Thank you, Sitka Gear and Gunworks, for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going, Grant? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while. I guess it's time for us to catch up. You know, for sure. I, I like our usual catch-ups around January at Sheep Week. So <laughs> yeah. Usually a few uh, bevies in, sitting around a circle bar. but uh, Yeah, just a couple. Yeah. So for the folks that don't know you, uh, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Why are you so good looking? No. Uh, I think it's the beard. Um, my name's Grant Isles. I grew up in uh, the sheep hunting mecca of BC, Whistler, British Columbia. <laughs> so, yeah, just a res- BC resident hunter, and it's about all there is to it, really. Yeah. Well, it's a diesel mechanic by trade. That's about it. Ah, uh, right on. So, growing up in Whistler, what gives you the sheep bug? Where does that take you? Um, so I didn't really start my hunting career till I was 18. I was playing junior hockey on the island, and one of my teammates uh, introduced me to deer hunting. And then, you know, my love for hunting started there and progressively got more into it. And then uh, I moved to Golden, B.C. to work. Um drew a limited entry goat tag and one thing led to another and now I'm spending all my free time in the sheep mountains. <laughs> yeah, it's uh Golden could do that to you. It's a beautiful mountain area and getting a goat draw. That's uh Yeah, a lot of a lot of good goat hunting around there and a small herd of bighorns on the highway there that we're trying to protect, but they're not doing so well no they've got some issues on the highway there for sure um hopefully one day we sort it out and uh and go from there so was the the goat hunt that sucked you in though that was uh was that the, the moment for the mountains pretty much um spent the entire summer just scouting and getting immersed and watching every YouTube video I could find on goat hunting probably four or five times. And then, uh, was fortunate to take a 50 inch, uh, 
nine-year-old Kootenai Billy, so it's pretty pretty hard to not get uh, to fall in love with with real true mount hunting after that. Yeah, well, fifty-inch Billy—that's pretty pretty significant for your first. Uh, was that your first animal or just first mountain, mountain just, species? Yeah, my first real mountain mountain species that I I consider a mountain true mountain hunt for sure. Yeah, well, that's uh, well, goats will do that to you. They're in uh, they're in some hard to reach places, and you're gonna you're gonna have to work if you want to get the reward. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Especially in the Kootenays, it's super thick and steep around Golden, lots of cliffs. So kind of you got to be smart about what you're doing for sure. Yeah. Did you have a a mentor, or were you just did you go all in on the YouTube like you're saying and go out there alone or did you have kind of an experienced buddy you're working with yeah so originally i was just kind of by myself and then one of my supervisors at work her uh fiance was uh this was in 21 and he was got uh, supposed to be guiding up in nwt but covid uh shut that down so we kind of got introduced and then uh i met him in in the parking lot of my place and we just went out to the mountains together and hit it off from there awesome how long were you in the mountains for the goat uh so took me it took us two days to find him and then weather got really bad so i just he had to go back to town to work i was had a week of vacation so i kind of spent a week in my tent just glassing them and making sure he didn't move it was really <laughs> bad rainstorms for the week and then uh he came back out on his next weekend and we ended up killing him so i think it's probably a total of seven days oh that's that's pretty uh it's pretty patient on your part <laughs> yeah to- he was in a pretty hard to reach spot to kill him solo so i was definitely thankful for the help yeah well that's uh it's always better to be safe than sorry. You don't want one yeah. of those situations where you shoot it and it's like, ah, oh, now what do I do? I can't. Exactly. But, so you're guiding on the side, aren't you? That's the Yeah, I spent middle. the uh I spent the summer wrangling for a pretty prominent outfitter in the northern Rockies and that uh really I learned a lot doing that. Um I don't think I'd be the hunter I am today without that experience. I just gained a vast amount of knowledge from being in the, in the Northern Rockies for three months straight. Yeah, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, this was my first year, actually. Oh, right on. So that's uh, <clears throat> yeah. that's a, a good place to go, the Northern Rockies, horses on yeah. those hills. That's a, yeah. that's a learning curve for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. So how, how'd you find that? Like, you know, was it a bit intimidating at first kind of settled in after a little bit or? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was kind of felt like uh, a fish out of water at first. And then, uh, thankfully we were, we went in, I think three or four weeks before the season actually started. So had a good amount of time to, you know, learn, learn all the horse stuff and get comfortable packing and learn all our trails and that sort of stuff and then uh that first hunt started and it's just a whirlwind after that (laughs) did you have experience with horses before that or that was you're there and 
you're all in at this point. Uh, no, I've ridden horses a fair amount, but nothing like nothing like what we did. It's just a different ball game, right? Like it's steep, gnarly trails, and you're packing a string of eleven. So <laughs> there's some good wrecks and a lot of a lot of interesting situations for sure. Yeah, yeah. You willing to share some interesting situations? Because we've had some. We've had some dicey ones explained to us on this podcast, and uh, man, that's horses get you into some predicaments for sure. Yeah, we uh, thankfully we didn't have anything too major. Just uh, horses kind of getting wrapped around trees, going the wrong way, or having to cut some ropes that way. Uh, swimming rivers is always fun, <laughs> uh, but yeah, nothing too too crazy for sure getting i got one horse stuck in a bog but luckily you got him out pretty quickly so yeah well that's uh the bog you know, i've been told a couple of times now that's that can make or break a guy in a horse it's the uh where you got to make tough decisions in bogs so it's, it's good you got him out right away or her out right away yeah thankfully i was on the east slope of the rockies there so it's not super boggy country, but you, we do have a couple that you just can't avoid, and it's part of it. Yeah. What? Uh, how'd you get into that though? Like, I don't know. It's kind of a that's a big thing to do. Is just okay. I'm gonna go wrangle for an outfit now. Yeah. So actually, I was pretty fortunate. One of my best friends growing up, um, he started getting into the guiding when he was 19, and He's kind of been bugging me for a while to come wrangle for him. So it was pretty easy when you have one of your really good good buddies teaching you and helping you along. Yeah, that's that's good. So you get the, some quality time one-on-one. Um, yeah. What were you guys chasing? Uh, stone sheep. Yeah, nice. Any other any other animals or was it all, just all stones? Uh, all stones and then we took uh, one black bear as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So something big happened to you this year. <laughs> yeah. You may might be why we kind of sucked you in onto the come on the podcast. <laughs> so let's uh let's dive into that. What happened within the past little bit here? I was fortunate fortunate enough to uh, take my first first ram and kill a pretty nice bighorn. Yeah, I've seen some pictures shared and it's uh i you, you might be downplaying it on oh, that's nice yeah <laughs> it's a pretty pretty solid ram uh have you are you gonna get it scored or uh i haven't got it officially scored we uh taped it out after a couple couple shots of whiskey there and uh <laughs> we went 175 and a half so pretty big ram for sure yeah it's heavy looked uh <laughs> yeah pretty pretty broomed off too so it's, it's should be uh it's a, it's a good old ram yeah i think uh there's some debate on his age um some people say he's nine some people say he's 10 um the bio's aged him at nine so that's what i'll go with and uh yeah he took uh he was actually pretty tipped out on the one side and then took a pretty good tumble down the mountain after after the shot and lost a fair bit of splintering on the horn on the long side there it's all part of it yeah they're uh those horns are 
pretty pretty beat up <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> don't want to not... don't want to trash talk the ram but it's good it looked like it he took a tumble <laughs> oh yeah i think it i think i gps it as about 1200 feet down down the mountain so the pack out wasn't as bad as uh i originally thought it was gonna be <laughs> yeah so let's let's start with the the beginning of this hunt uh i guess what did you do to prepare like uh physically for this hunt did you, did you do anything specific or just the the guiding wrangling yeah just the guiding it? really um that you get you get in pretty good shape pretty fast and uh got home from that and kind of did a couple runs around the block just so i didn't didn't get fat in the, in the couple weeks but uh no that's about it just being in the mountains you get yeah you get in shape pretty fast yeah was it a pretty pretty quick turnaround from getting back home and then heading yeah i out think I, sheep? I had about three weeks at home okay so you got you yeah. got to relax a little bit before uh doing it all yeah over you again. could say relax more like just anxiety of the planning and getting all the gear together and making sure everything everything's organized yeah so were you uh hiking horseback flying what what were you doing uh, a bit of hiking and a lot of horsebacking so we took oh, a same. string of uh eight horses in yeah and then uh set up camp and it's kind of a smaller area to hunt so we weren't riding too much like during the days it was more just horses were packing in food and camp and that sort of stuff yeah were you what was your uh your your method once you're in camp were you doing a lot of moving around glassing or just kind of staying put glassing all the hillsides around you uh mostly just staying put glass in the hillsides um i actually found a pretty good glassing knob right behind camp so i would just get up crack of dawn and hike up there it was i don't know maybe a 15 minute hike up there and just sit on that knob glass until your eyes bleed <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> hopefully they weren't bleeding but uh yeah <laughs> um When you're uh, you're glassing for the bighorns, what were you finding? You know, you're you're staying focused on kind of one area and watching them come out of nowhere. Were they just kind of gradually feeding around? Mm, we had pretty mild weather for late October, so they were still pretty high up on in the mountains. And then, uh, yeah, there's quite a f bit of high high timber so they'd kind of duck in and out of that and quite a few big spines that rolled over the mountain that you couldn't see the backsides all the time so they'd pop out of nowhere and then dip back into the timber and you're just trying to kind of keep eyes everywhere to pick them out you never know when the big one's going to come out yeah were you seeing lots of sheep oh yeah 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 Lots of lots of decent rams in there. Or you were just you seen that one and you knew. Uh, there's there. a fair number of decent rams that I uh, I had a day to glass before the tag actually opened, and I seen a band of three really nice big sheep, and 
tried to get on him the next morning and never saw him and then actually saw the ram that I ended up killing that morning but he dipped into the timber and not, didn't see him again for two days until he came back out. Yeah. Were you, were you staying in the same spot once he dipped into the timber? Were you like, you, you hunkered down focusing on that area or were you? Yeah, so we actually ended up riding down the river. Um, kind of get trying to get different angles on the mountain at that point. I kind of knew he was, I was a little bit far away to tell exactly what he was. I just knew he had a big pot belly and his one, one side came way up and I mean, he's pretty light horned, so trying to exactly know how far that tip came up on a light brown cape with a burnt off grass background was damn near impossible. So we tried to go down river and get a little bit closer and pick him out of the timber and we never found him for two days. And then uh, third morning of the hunt, he came out actually with, four other rams that he wasn't with before and then uh, that gave me a good gauge of kind of his maturity level versus some smaller rams and it was like yeah i need to hike up the mountain after this one and see truly what he is there was it uh once you spotted him on the the day you took him was it uh an endeavor to get to where you can shoot or um vertically yes i think it was about 900 meters elevation (laughs) straight up the mountain but as far as like hiking through brush and cliff bands and that sort of stuff it was actually pretty easy going 900 meters no joke yeah it was a long straight up slog that you kind of just had to get to this one point and start poking over the spines until you're he bedded actually on a big rock knob and I could see um, see that knob going through this timber in the bottom, and I, but I couldn't see him. I could only see two younger rams, so I just periodically stop and get the spotting scope out and make sure they don't see me like coming up through this timber, and they just never saw me until I kind of got in the clear, and then it was try and hustle a lot faster, and so they would still be there when I do poke over. Yeah. Was he now he's with the other Rams? Was he in tight to them, or just had, did you have to wait a long time for him to kind of step out in the open once you got to the position where you can shoot? Um, so originally, and I kind of uh, I dropped a GPS pin, kind of exactly where I thought he was, and then I came up the mountain and I kept checking my elevation because I wanted to try and come over equal. Um, equal elevation with them just because bighorns are known to be a lot harder to judge um obviously he's more than legal but i didn't you couldn't tell that from where i'd seen him down below so i wanted to be try and be perfectly level with them when i did pop over just to make sure i did get that perfect look and then uh yeah he was with two other rams and he was originally i got into 468 468 yards and i was just behind a big spruce tree and i kind of poked my spotting scope up and was glassing sitting right in this tree and he was bedded facing directly at me but he had there's no way he knew i was there 
And after about 15 minutes or so, he finally turned his head to the one side. Now, at that point, like I kind of knew from the frontal view that he was way up and like his tips came way up. But I just wanted to be 100%. So I waited for that that side side angle and he gave me that look for maybe a second or two and I knew for sure and then kind of backed out of that spot um went up and then came down a different spine and Kate got into 315 and then in that time he actually got up and bedded facing away so all I kind of had was a Texas hard shot which at 315 yards on a bighorn wasn't ideal so I didn't take that kind of almost intentionally spooked the young ram to get him to stand up <laughs> and uh yeah it ended up working out he st- got up and stood broadside and took a shot and started rolling <laughs> a long long way so if you had to go up in that elevation you just had to follow him back down the mountain when he was sliding is that how that planned out for you yeah got pretty much i just uh i got to kind of the sh- i traversed across to the chute that i knew he rolled down and he actually didn't end up rolling very far but he got his horn caught in a rock and i kind of was looking around i'm like there's nowhere i can like tie a leg to a tree or a rock or like anything so as as soon as i like finally put my hands on because i took some pictures and whatnot as he was laying there but as soon as i kind of took my hands and like picked his head up he just started rolling and i was like well he'll be down there somewhere he's going he's gonna follow the path of least resistance so and then it was just following the the blood and the hair trail down the chute <laughs> what's uh what's going through your head at that time like are you just covering your eyes going oh don't break any horns <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean it's uh i had kind of accepted the fact that there was no real safe option for me at that point is like a 45 degree angle granite chute with like there's no way I could have butchered an animal there safely and it you know it just kind of started snowing so the rocks were wet and it was like you know like this is part of the story now like so yeah well it's you know when you're out in the backcountry safety's uh should be top of mind it isn't all the time but uh you know we try to put it in the forefront because there's not very many options if things go south yeah the last thing i wanted to be doing was sliding around on wet rocks trying to with a razor blade in my hand trying to cut up a a ram that that's wanting to roll down the mountain yeah it's got uh bad news written all over it (laughs) yeah there's (laughs) what uh i guess we kind of skipped over a point here what were what was your curl restriction where you're chasing Uh, you have an leh or over the counter uh, it was an LEH, and it was um, full coral bighorn, so through the nostril to the bottom of the base. Okay, yeah. So not a not a mature bighorn where it's a bridge of the nose like a stone sheep, but uh, not a three quarter. It's that weird one that's in in the uh, nostril, the bottom of the base there. 
Yeah, that one's that one's always fun to try to judge too, because if you don't get that perfect angle, it's hiding behind the nose. It's not skylighting above it, so it's like oh okay. yeah, and that's kind of why I really tried to come over level with them is so I could get that perfect angle you know if you're kind of below them the tip's gonna look like it comes up more if you're above them the tip's gonna look like it's lower so i think kind of getting level with them was almost essential now you've 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 taken your 300 plus yard shot your ram's gone down the mountain now it's time to to deal with them was it late in the afternoon at this point because um, I think it was about, by the time I got down to him, I want to say it was one thirty, two o'clock. So not too late in the afternoon, but definitely wanted to start cutting them up and didn't want to dilly dally around. Yeah. Did you have much of a pack out or were you able to get the horses fairly close? Yeah. So actually my friend Wyatt was trailing in that same day. Um, he had he was coming in a little bit late and so he kind of just stopped on the trail and he picked up my horse and took his saddle horse and rode up as far as he could and then uh, he hiked up helped me cut him up and then pretty much just straight down the chute pretty easy pack out to the horses there all right on that makes it uh, a little easier than uh, than some it's yeah nice to have that horse option for sure for sure is still it's never comfortable riding with a backpack full of sheep meat uh, for about an hour and a half. It's not very enjoyable, but it sure beats walking. <laughs> so no no saddle bags or anything. It was all on your back and all on the back. Yeah. All right, good times. Did you have yeah. to? Did you spend a couple more days in the bush, or is it just kind of wake up in the morning and get out of there? Uh, I was pretty much wake up and get out of there we had a pretty good snowstorm that night and we had to take the horses up and over a pretty good pass so we wanted to do that and then it was also starting to get real cold so we didn't want to screw around you know trying on thaw water all the time oh <laughs> uh, you got you caught that week-long cold snap kind of the beginning of that that we just had not long ago yeah i think it was forecasted to be like minus 20 overnight in there so it was like let's get the heck out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it starts making challenges yeah it's that cold for sure so what do you what what's your game plan what are you doing with the uh the sheep now that you've got this hammer well i'm gonna get them a nice taxidermy job done and then hopefully Fingers crossed. We even with reduced odds, I'll draw a doll sheep tag next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle knows a thing or two about getting the doll That's sheep tag. That's what I heard. <laughs> He's going to be challenger for that uh, that draw too. So, well, yeah. maybe we could switch some Cole's notes. I'll take some notes on the bighorn. You can take some notes on the doll. I like that plan. I like that. Uh, plan. Me too. <laughs> time to time to start making trades. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh, what are you doing? Like, you're getting a taxidermied. What's your game game plan? Yeah, so I dropped it off with uh, Miles Hansen at Inukshuk Wildlife Studio in Fort St. John there. And uh, he's going to do a Euro mount for me with a set of replicas on a wall pedestal. So 
pretty expensive taxidermy bill, but uh, rams like that uh, definitely deserve deserve it. Yeah, well, and that's it's a stunner of a ram, and it's your first ram, so it's yeah, you got to go all in, right? Don't don't get more special than that. <laughs> How's it feel to be kicked out of the less than one club now? Feels damn good. Spent uh, a lot of nights of anxiety sitting there staring at 3D maps, trying to find where the rams are going to be on fat maps there. So <laughs> it feels really good. Is that, that your go-to on your uh, your preseason scouting or pre-adventure? You go to fat maps and just start figuring out where you're going to start? Yeah, I usually like to wake up at about 3 in the morning and just have my head spinning, and then I'll just play around on fat maps for a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's one way to do it, I guess. You yeah. load up with some coffee and before you, yeah, exactly. before you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. All right on. They don't have a, they don't have a layer for sheep density, but I think I've figured it out in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you got a good spot if there's a bunch of good rams and a bunch of sheep and yeah. you got to pick and choose and I'm looking at your ram, I'm assuming you took the probably the oldest one at least in that herd. Yeah, definitely the oldest one that I I saw for sure. Um Obviously didn't use the full length of the tag time, but you never know what pops out, right? There could be some old twelve-year-old cranker in there as well. Yeah, well, you don't uh, you don't second guess the one you got. No, that's, definitely not. That's 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 a ram of a lifetime. It's yeah, a, it's a beautiful bighorn. It's got lots of character. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll share a picture of it with us so the people at home for listening sure. can uh, for sure see it in the the show art yeah <laughs> what's next on your your list here what's uh where's your next plan who's got uh, the time left to hunt I'm gonna go up to fort st john and i'll probably do some casual deer hunting with some friends but uh nothing nothing too serious really it's kind of my one and done for the year of being the shooter so i think i'll just be the backseat spotter now <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 an enjoyable one. I've been doing that the past few years just with my son, and I'm loving sure. it. Yeah, I'm not pulling the trigger much anymore, but it's pressure's off on you, right? Yeah, not somebody else's problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the issue you get though is your freezer runs out, and you're like, oh man, I better start shooting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you chasing mule deer when you go up to? Yeah, mule deer and whitetail. We're not going to be picky for sure. <laughs> Awesome. What's your uh, what's your favorite hunt? Oh, bighorns. Not oh. <laughs> and not just because I was able to kill a really nice ram, but just that late October being out in the mountains that time of year is it's beautiful with the snow and the fall colors, and obviously when there's big rams running around, it doesn't doesn't hurt, but. Uh, yeah, the stone sheep's a lot of fun as well, but uh, those big horns, they sure they sure get you. <laughs> yeah, well, they live in uh, they're, the terrain and habitat that they're in is you got to work. Yeah, there's, for sure. <laughs> there's no there's no second guessing that. You know, you, 
I find almost bighorns a lot of the time they're similar to goats. Like you could see them, but you might not be able to get to them. Oh yeah, we were glassing bighorns that were above bands of goats and intermixed with the goats. We we had a couple of ewes and lambs walk walk up a spine right through about four or five nannies and kids and just walked right through them about three or four yards away. Yeah, were you seeing lots of uh, lambs and kids while you're out there? Yeah, tons, tons. It was really so good like to, to see. Here. Yeah, it was a good lamb crop in there for sure. Nice. That's always always good. I uh, I enjoy that part of when yeah. you're out there and you you see yeah. the healthy little ones. That's yeah. I don't know. Sometimes after getting involved in conservation work and absolutely, I, don't, I find that's a lot of the time more rewarding at this time in the year to me. It's it's weird. It's a weird turnaround. You know, you see, yeah. see lots of fawns, kids, lambs, and you're just like, oh, that's more enjoyable now i <laughs> knowing what they're going through it's like yeah right on it's yeah. good they made it <laughs> what's uh so if your favorite hunt now it's got to be bighorns as you said <laughs> is do you have a, a bucket list hunt you want to do like is there something that's just you think about it more than you should uh in bc definitely that dull sheep tag but if i was to do uh go on any hunt i'd probably go to tajikistan and go ibex hunting <laughs> you seen that uh video that's floating around of the, the recently it's getting hammered out everywhere the ibex on the roof there's the giant king of the mountain oh yeah yeah i saw that's pretty cool yeah, i've had probably a dozen people send it to me now like have you seen this ibex <laughs> yeah i can't afford to go there so <laughs> yeah one day maybe if uh the BC lottery is ever nice to me. Yeah. Hey, Grant, uh, curious uh, why ibex in uh, in Asia? Is it uh, is it the animal itself, like the the majesty of them, or is it the terrain? Is it a little of both? I'm just curious what the impetus is. I think it's a little like a combination of everything. Just one starting off um, goat hunting, and ibex are quite. Uh, quite comparable to mountain goats in just the terrain they live in and where the ruggedness of the area that they're living in and then also just going overseas and having that whole grand adventure as well like it's take from what i understand it takes three or four days just to get there before you're starting a hunt and that just in itself would be uh, quite the adventure as well yeah, yeah. Have you hunted out a province or country before? Or? Not yet, no. So you're just going to go all in on Ibex when you get a chance? Yeah, maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> well, they're pretty affordable, too. Have you guys seen any prices recently? Like, I know I haven't looked for a few years now, but I don't. I think they're pretty still pretty reasonable, aren't they? Yeah, I think the last time I checked, they were between 15 and 17, a thousand American, but. That's still quite a bit in Canadian dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's gone up a bit, I guess, because I I remember back in the day, a buddy of mine was going, and it was around nine or something. So it's it's gone up a bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Makes I could sense. be wrong on those numbers as well. Right. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. So I got one more for you. So if you, you talk about North America, getting outside of North America and doing that hunt uh, for Ibex, but if you, I know you're a Sheep Foundation supporter and stuff too. So yeah. is there any aspirations on a Fanaz or anything like that? Or obviously we can do all three of them here in, in BC. So that's huge. But uh, what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, draw odds, LEH willing. I would like to for sure get my BC slam, but I still got three sheep left to do that. And then uh, the price is a sheep hunting doesn't go down. So, I mean, a desert sheep hunt is pulls a pretty good penny right now. So I don't know if that'll ever be something that's attainable for me, but it would be uh, pretty cool to do that as well. Well, for the the desert, it just raffles, raffles, raffles. We've yeah, that's pretty much how it's gonna have to be. Yeah, we've got a few people in the the BC wild sheep family that have won some raffles and got yeah. that desert. So, yeah, I've always heard that bighorn's the hardest one to get. So, I thought I'd start with that and we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You asked Kyle about their dull sheep hunt this year. I don't. I don't know if that was very easy. Near death experience and four hundred degrees out. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hear more about this. <laughs> well, I, you have to go back a few podcast episodes and uh, yeah. have a listen to Kyle's adventures. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, do with the well. Is there anything outside of the ibex here that you kind of fancy abroad or? Uh, I mean, Marco Polos are always pretty cool, but those are also uh, pretty pricey as well. Um, I think it would be cool to go down to an Idaho or a Montana and really hunt some giant mule deer or down, down south there, but that's also more for just seeing different country and immersing yourself in a little bit different of a culture as well and but I think uh, being a BC resident, I can't complain about the hunting here either. No, we've we've got uh, a wide array that we're still fortunate enough that we can hunt. Uh, keep trying to to remove some, and but you know, take advantage of it while you can, right? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, just going off the top of my head, BC's probably has the most over-the-counter species available, so. I think I might stick around here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're not not gonna move, so you can take advantage of somewhere else. Like definitely up to not Alaska, until I get that stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that stone that stone tag is not getting very cheap. So no, that's it's for sure. We're we're fortunate here in BC now. Yeah. If I can ever figure out how to shoot one of them. I'll take advantage of it, but <laughs> <laughs> you take sure to take some nice pictures, though. Yeah, well, that's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can shoot them with the camera all day long. Yeah. I just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, killing a big stone isn't. Uh, they're not around every corner, that's for sure. I learned that this year. You really got to work for them. Yeah, life. Well, did you guys? I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, but. Did you guys take many stones this year? Yeah, we killed four rams with, uh, I think it was about a 160 average and 10-year-old average, so it was a pretty good season for sure. Uh, how long was your season? 
August 1st, uh, well, hunting season was the first, obviously, till I think we trailed out, got out the 25th of September, so pretty short season, but when you get her done quick. Yeah. Were there any, uh, any real good adventures on that, those four rams? Like, yeah, some, some serious work that made you second guess why you're in the <laughs> Well, two of the four, we ended up having to sleep on the mountain under a tarp just with our uh, our puffy gear on and shiver through the night. So that's never fun. But when you get your get your hands on a set of ram horns, it's definitely worth it. Were you uh, happen to have any of those near the end of September? Those on the mountain under the tarps because it weather got pretty shitty there for a while. The <laughs> yeah, no. So thankfully, we uh, we did that adventure in August. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there was, man, there was, there was some good wind, rain, and snow for, for damn near two two weeks straight. The last couple of weeks of September. Yeah, the last the last round we killed there, we were packing it out in the pitch black. Luckily, we got it out of the nasty drainage that he rolled down, but before it got dark. But then uh, the sideways winds and the rain came, so we were pretty happy to get back to the horses that night. Yeah. Packing out in the dark and dealing with a ram in the dark or any animal in the dark, especially up there. We, yeah. Lots of, uh, were you guys dealing with grizzlies at all up there? Uh, we saw a substantial number, more than what you want to see, but uh, no no close calls or like major run-ins or anything. Uh, usually it was on horseback and uh, they were all good bears that just took off running and be thankfully for that shining flashlights around uh looking for eyes while you guys are getting to the horses <laughs> yeah looking for the horse's eyes really <laughs> <laughs> so you signing up doing it again next year then uh we'll see I've, me and my girlfriend we have our own two horses now and we're hoping to get another one in the spring or maybe two so maybe we'll just be doing it on our own but it's definitely a pretty fun way of life being out there in the in the bush, but it's also pretty hard being away for that long that long of a time. Yeah, that's a that's a stretch. You're going in. My guess is a month before the season starts, start breaking trails and whatnot. Or yeah, we trailed in. We left the highway on July fifth. Oh wow! So yeah, that's so, a caught in there and started cutting trail and scouting and getting camps organized and set up and cleaned up after the bears had ripped them all apart and yeah do you uh stuff (laughs) cleaning up after bears is always a a good a good time i'm sure (laughs) yeah you recommend it though to others if they're looking to get into it or you just do it i would think i would say so if you're a young guy who can swing it uh, with your significant other or you're single and you have a passion for sheep hunting and being in the mountains like there's no better place to learn um i mean i sheep hunted for almost 80 days straight which would take you eight years if all you're doing is 10 day trips so you gain uh, a lot of knowledge really fast and it's definitely hard work and not a lot of sleep and you can get pretty cranky with the horses some days, but uh, looking back on it, it's uh, it's 
it's one of the highlights of my my life for sure yeah well that's uh that's an experience i've always dreamt of but i know it's not in the realm of possibility yeah. for me, so it's <laughs> i might have some explaining to do if i came home or <laughs> my stuff would be on the front porch kind of deal but <laughs> yeah honey i'm going sheep hunting for three months <laughs> yeah good luck with the kids and dogs and the yeah. whatever other animals are exactly. floating around but uh no that's cool um happy that you were able to experience something like that that's uh you know there's not many many individuals out there that just you know go all in and or have yeah, a year like pretty, you had pretty fortunate to have uh obviously my one of my best friends is the guide and kind of showing me the ropes and really teaching me a lot about sheep hunting and not just sheep hunting itself but actually how to kill big mature rams that's not uh not something that you can really learn just on your own like i think it's pretty easy to load your backpack up and go for a 10-day stone sheep hunt but to really dial in how to kill an old ram is it's they don't get old because they're dumb they're very smart animals yeah so you know your, your first year going in with the horses like that what uh do you have a learning curve in there somewhere that's like oh i wish i would have brought this or i wish i didn't bring that or you know this is this is harder than i thought it would be <laughs> uh, well for one heli hansen rain gear that's number one uh, <laughs> that stuff saved um, saved my bacon quite a few times busting through wet willows and that kind of stuff but it's definitely a steep learning curve with the horses. I think it's more so less about like learning how to tie a diamond and that sort of stuff, but actually learning your horse string itself. They're all individuals and kind of have their own uh, different idea on, on things sometimes. So learning where to put them in your string and whatnot is you want to try and spend a lot of time with your own own horses and learning them um is super important yeah do you do you know of well obviously it was a, a friend of yours that got you into you know being part of the wrangling group but yeah. uh do you know how a, a young person looking to do it could get into it or Honestly, I'm not sh too sure, but I would just start cold calling or cold emailing the outfitters. It sounds like everybody's always looking for wranglers. So if you're committed into doing that for the season, um, that's what I would do is just start, you know, shooting guys emails. And then if you can, just spend time at, at a horse barn, like if you have access to that and just learning you know how to ride and how to be safe around horses as well is a big thing and then that's how i would try and try and get going into it so i'm gonna ship my kids off to your side of town and go go learn on your horses <laughs> yeah for sure feel free yeah uh so one thing we like to do around here since we're all kind of backcountry mountain go to stupid places all the time yeah what's the uh what's your moment 
where you, you've got to have a moment where it was like, why am I here near death? Kind of like, uh-oh, what's, what's the moment that lives in Grant's head? Oh, boy. Um, last year, 2022, I drew another goat tag, and I ended up going solo. And uh, ended up killing a billy in a pretty easy drainage to uh, to get to him. But uh, I came down kind of a steep, gnarly chute rather than going through the avalanche blowdown timber. Um, which probably wasn't the smartest thing. I should have taken the slower path, but uh, I ended up tumbling down drainage about 20 feet smashed the smashed my rifle scope uh thankfully leopold has pretty good warranty uh ended up getting down off the mountain and i think i was walking like an 80 year old grandma for about two weeks after that one <laughs> thankfully that, no major injuries just uh, a lot of substantial bruising is that one of those ones where you're almost afraid to check yourself once you stop moving Pretty much, yeah. I just, I think at that time, by that point, I'd put headphones in just because it was uh, so grueling of a pack out. So I think I was just listening to Nickelback and <laughs> just trying to get back down to the road. <laughs> That's a- probably not the most bear aware thing to do, but. Oh, I'm sure you're singing out loud, scaring the bears away, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, solo crashing like that, uh, the mind wanders and you tend to do some things you don't normally do. So it's it's good yeah, that I you think, weren't hurt. Uh, I also tend to not feed myself very good when I do uh, big stuff like that. So I'll usually my lunch is still still packed in my backpack. So that probably didn't help either. But uh, zero calories and probably not a lot of water. <laughs> um yeah well you know you you have to have that one person with you that's telling you you should probably eat something maybe drink something (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if uh solo goat hunting is in the cards again um maybe not in that area maybe somewhere with a little smaller mountains (sighs) (laughs) yeah well uh goats and small mountains i don't think those two go together (laughs) very often no you're right Especially uh, living in the north, you know, the, whichever direction we go from here, we're we're dealing with steep terrain. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, except for there's one one kind of been floating around north of uh, Prince George's, just walking through. So it's. Oh yeah, I seen the pictures of him just walking down the road. Yeah, nothing nothing makes sense about that one. It's almost like no. somebody kidnapped the goat and brought it <laughs> yeah. to town. But. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would do that, but. So are we going to see you, uh, you're going to the north, you're coming down to Penticton, you're headed to Reno, where are we going to see Grant next? Uh, I bought my tickets this morning for the Northern Fundraiser, so I'll be up in Dawson there, and then uh, probably be a game time decision for Penticton, oh. and uh, we'll see about Reno, I don't think so though, it's going to be a tough one to swing this year. Well, I think if you're going to Penticton, we'll give you a pass. I think you should do Penticton, 
you know, do do Dawson. That's a solid yeah. February for everybody. Yeah, exactly. But, Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll even throw in the Alberta fundraiser in there as well. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're what usually first couple of weeks of March, something like that. Yeah, I, I think I that's when they plan theirs. But could be fun. Yeah, I heard beers are on you up at Dawson this year. Is that correct, or just a rumor that is floating around? No, Kyle's handing out whiskeys. Okay. No, it, it, Greg's correct. The beers are on, <laughs> on Red Smack, so. <laughs> For sure. But, all right on. Okay, well, if I see you in Dawson, if I head up to Dawson, beer's on me. We'll make Just that one. a deal right now. I only need one. Oh, I'll get fun. you back. We'll get you more than one. I promise you that. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, no, thank you for uh, coming on, talking about your first sheep. And, uh, yeah, thanks thank for you having for being me on, a guys. Life member of the Wild Sheep Society. Yeah. So thank you for everything you guys do for uh, the sheep in BC. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast.